Oh, we're getting ready to start the podcast and I have no music. Look at me. <laughs> Good people, you're going to bear with me. Here we go. that's good good morning good afternoon or good evening welcome 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 back to another episode of everybody loves bliss i'm bliss and next to me is my co-host ross cooper ross cooper say hi to the people what's going on people how you doing i'm cool i'm cool i'm uh you know ready to rock and roll hitting the gym after this so it's cool um i see we got new glasses yeah, yeah, I need to something a little more lightweight, uh, better for everyday wear. You know, it's only, it's only like a few ounces. Honestly, like the 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 arms of them are even like bendable, so it's it's real smooth. I you were doing it for the ladies. That's what that's my thought. That's what I, I that's, thought. That's, I thought that's it was funny. a vanity thing. You know, like you know. Nah, nah, I just get sick of pushing my glasses up every few minutes. So I got some real lightweight, and real clear. Okay. You can see me better. You know. Whatever you tell us, we're gonna believe it. There you go. There you go. We are not questioning. So listen, we got a lot to talk about. Um, Let's start with this, even though our our subject is going to move on to the love gurus and the preachers of love in a minute. But let's start with this. Uh, Last week, we talked about um, when a white guy has a bad day, what happens? And here we are a week later. I know I'm I'm right into it. Let me take a sip. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> directly from the bottle okay, mm-hmm. okay. Have, it's and if and for those of you who can't see me it's a small it's not like i'm i'm not chugging a, a big bottle of wine this is actually um verity champagne not particularly expensive but it was a gift bottle you never look a gift horse in the mouth mouth you just sip from the top but mm. Mm. so here we go so um we want to wish, first of all, all our condolences and prayers to the 10 people that lost their lives in Boulder the other day, Boulder, sure. Colorado. There was a mass shooting in a grocery store. 10 people lost their lives. And here we are again, one week after the situation we were dealing with in Georgia. And it is, again, another white supremacy narrative, unfortunately, um, and this one is being played out a little bit differently. Um, interesting um, what we're seeing in reference to the news because the news is relatively quiet. We're only, what, two days after the fact, two, three days after the fact, and there's not a whole lot going on. I think that depending on what side you, you're on, and we've seen that on the social media, depends on how you want to play this narrative. So Republicans are telling us the reason why the media is not talking about it is because the person who is accused of the killing is radicalized, a terrorist and liberals. I don't know why liberals are not talking. I don't know what their issues they're talking. They're focusing now on gun control and moving away from the white supremacy narrative. So that's what they're doing. They're focused on the gun control narrative, not the white supremacy narrative, because in this case, both sides can move away from the white male terrorists, the domestic terrorists. And the reason why is because this particular person who is also male, who's also white male, and you and I are gonna debate that in a a minute, (laughs) but he happens to be Muslim. 
but he's 21. Is, did you find it interesting he was 21, just like the guy in Georgia last week who was, you I know. Mean, I, didn't, I didn't connect those two things. I just wanted to just like, yeah, you're 20, like, at 21, I was not thinking about shooting things up. But okay. I wasn't, I also wasn't a white guy having a bad day. Okay, there you go. Okay, they're both 21. And they're, they're, there's both now with these stories, the mental health issue and the religious element They're they're trying to introduce in both of these cases. And I, I want to say this just in case it wasn't clear the last time we had a conversation by me talking about the sex addiction with last week's issue, I was not in any way trying to use that as an excuse for what this particular, that particular person did. He should definitely be held accountable. I'm just saying it was part of his, in, part of the motive for him, the sex addiction. Here, we're not sure what the motive is. We're not clear what the motive is. And because all of the victims are white, we, we're not getting the narrative about hate crime specifically on this, this new case in Boulder. Um, you wanted to debate that he could not be considered white because he's Syrian and he's an immigrant. He came, he's been, he's 21. He's been here 19 years. So I would think maybe not, but by now he's probably an American citizen. He may not be, but he's been here long enough to fully identify and fully take on white privilege as a white man. Now you don't you off the don't don't get quiet now because off air you did not agree with that. Let me. No, I, I mean because one I mean I I can admit my own ignorance. I didn't know we were counting Syrians as white. To start off with I thought we counted Middle Eastern two. He got yeah, here. What? I, I didn't know we counted Middle Easterners as as I thought Middle Easterners. I didn't know we counted Middle Easterners as white. That's one I was not aware. And then oh. two, he has a very. Arabic or Muslim name and three because he immigrated here 2002 anyone keeping score at home knows at that's a year after what 9-11 at two years old I'm just saying so you got here 2002 as he grew and I, based on some of the stuff I've read in some of the mainstream media outlets he suffered some serious bullying in school so yeah um I think the bullying narrative, we, we need to wait and unpack that to see how deep that goes because based on some of his behavior that was uh, talked about by some of the people that went to school with him, he functioned like an arrogant, angry white guy. I'm sorry, he was a wrestler, he was aggressive. Um, it, it does not seem like he was punished in the way that others would be punished. Also, let me explain about Syrian not being considered Arab or Middle Eastern. Um, in the United States in 1950, there's a case, uh, George Dow, an immigrant from Syria who wanted, be, who wanted to be declared white in order to gain uh, American citizenship. He had to go to, through two appeals, but on the third appeal in 1915, it was declared that Syrian immigrants can be and are declared white. And keep in mind, if you okay. look at the footage from when he was being arrested, he definitely got white privilege with that. He got the Dylan Roof treatment. Okay, he got the Dylan Roof treatment. Did you see how carefully they walked him out? 
how he had a he had some kind of damage on his leg and how the police officers were tending to his leg and how he was lowered very comfortably on the gurney come on now so what we have here and you didn't know and neither did i didn't mean to interrupt but you didn't know and neither did i he was anything but white while you were looking at him you're like oh here's another angry white guy that's what and and keep in mind proximity to whiteness visually affects how you get treated in this country this is very true so what are we talking about now well this leads to some very uncomfortable questions like what um like if you target white people is it a hate crime because all of the victims are white well colorado is 90 percent white boulder's 90 percent white your chances of getting anything other are very slim right so white so what and he lives in that if he lives there so he lives there, I said, right. so now what are we talking I, I, I don't I, it's just to me it just leaves some very uncomfortable questions and since the police saw him as a white guy is this basically not just white privilege but white male privilege as well like so this is of course it is just like it was last week with um, what is his name? Robert Aaron Long, and this one is—I I don't have this one's name. He's, this gentleman's name—it's Ahmad. It's Ahmad something. Um, what I mean, of course. What are we? Are are you asking? Are you being facetious? Are you just? Are you no, being- I'm not. I'm not being facetious. It just it leads to some very interesting questions because just a few weeks ago they wanted uh old boy in Atlanta. This is a hate crime. You targeted Asians. Well, because the victims were mostly Asian, so it was easy to go there. These victims are what you don't have. It's white on white crime. It's white on white crime. And I think you're going to have a hard time proving this guy's radicalized. I think the best they're going to be able to do is try to make it a mental health issue. But here's here's the thing. To me, if there's a mental health issue, it's amazing how calm you get when the guns get turned on you. I think folks with mental health issues can't calm themselves as soon as the cops show up and you're outnumbered, you're outgunned. I think mental health issues, that's the person that goes out with the crime. I think the mental health guy is still shooting back. These, I'm going to surrender as soon as the cops show up and I got an alibi shown. Okay. And and, And he may legitimately have some issues, but do his issues override the fact that he is responsible for these acts and has to be held fully accountable? Hell no. Hell. no I'm, I'm, he's, he's got 10 counts of murder, murder one. He's going to fry. <laughs> he's going to fry. It's just a matter of if Colorado has a death penalty or not. I don't know. Right. He's at least going to get some time just behind the fact that he killed a police officer. I mean, because in right. the United States, you know, citizens die all the time. As soon as it's a police officer and a police officer was shot as if we, they're more human or their life is more valuable, which I, we're not even going there. We're not going- Blue there. lives matter. Oh, okay. And I'm not, wait, 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 let me take that response back. I'm not suggesting they don't, they just don't matter more. And I hate the, the way that the media plays that, but okay. Oh, oh let me say, <laughs> it, it's scary that I'm gonna finish this bottle. And, and for those of you who can't see me, it's not a big bottle, but it's good. <laughs> Meanwhile, with protein shake and BCAAs, continue though. Oh, sir, stop showing off, damn it. Well, listen, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with this case. Um, it's funny because the, um, 
the prosecution is like, look, we need to have a trial within a, a month and a half. And the defense is asking for three months. And it looks like the defense is getting the three months, which I. Shout out to public defenders. Everybody who's got to kind of think of a defense for this one because it's like you walk in and kill 10 people in cold blood. That is 10 counts, boys and girls, of first degree murder. That is 10 consecutive or concurrent life sentences or one death sentence. Defend that. Okay, good luck. Well, the other question that I think that we're going to have to discuss, though, even though I don't want it to be used as an excuse, is that we are going to have to start having better conversations about what is going on with mental health in this country. Because we do have a mental health crisis and we've had one. And access to mental health care is very difficult to get. I don't know if you've ever sought it for yourself or for a family member, but it can be really tricky, especially depending on what kind of insurance you have, um, where you live, and especially if you're looking for a culturally specific therapist, someone who, you know, for reasons of cultural issues, you're looking for that I, that sort of matches who you are. It's I mean, very difficult. And and a lot of therapists, um, I know in certain areas, don't take don't take insurance, so that becomes a difficulty. Um, for folks, but we're, we're going to have to have a conversation along with gun control because your, your, your President Biden um, has decided to get active and take some measures on gun control. I, I don't, I, I just do, I do think it's interesting that it's happening this week and we weren't hearing that conversation last week when it was stop Asian hate, but this week when it's all white victims, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but it was just interesting seeing that. And maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't, I don't know, but it's just interesting the timing on that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. That worries me. That worries me a lot. Um, now, anyone who's paying close attention understands I'm from the glorious Empire State who has some of the most stringent gun laws on the planet. Plaxico Burris, former NFL wide receiver, went to jail for shooting himself. That's how stringent New York gun laws are. I now reside in an open carry state. Wait, wait, wait. He, he went to jail for shoot. Was it attempted murder? I mean, attempted murder. <laughs> I, okay, I'm, so I you, know, it, you, don't, you don't follow sports, so let me clarify. I, he I'm went to the like a goofball. He went to the club with a gun in his sweats. If anybody know how baggy sweats are, that's right out the bad idea. File. Women are familiar with gray sweatpants, but go ahead. Okay, I'm so um, anywho, anywho, the gun apparently must have not been on safety. And he shot himself in the leg. Oh, accidentally in the club. Okay. Uh-huh. Shot himself. And because he had the gun illegally, I think he did a year and a half. You shot yourself and did a year and a half. But, That's how stringent New York state gun laws are. But was the, the gun charge based on the having the handgun in public mm -hmm. illegally or based on shooting himself? So we don't, the charges make a difference. Are you charged because you shot? I, I doubt that he got charged for shooting himself. That doesn't it wasn't for shooting himself, but the fact that he had the gun illegally in a public place. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Sam, you just said he had the gun illegally in a public place. That gun could have shot up several people, or just no. See, I gotta go. By. Yeah, I mean, but again, this is at a time when NFL players is out here getting followed to their house and robbed, so you can't exactly blame them. But having that thing on them, but security, yeah. security, higher security. I'm not sorry. real fun to club with a whole bunch of goons around, but I got you. But what I was going with that is, I'm sorry. 
a lot of them travel in wolf packs anyway. So, but where I was going was, I'm not an open carry state, and um, while I, I do intend to get my carry license and all that, that was on my to do list for this year. That was the only New Year's resolution I made for myself. Mine will only be for home defense. I will not ever have that thing on me. It's just going to be you come up in my building. It's a problem. I don't. Yeah. I, I'm curious what the gun, the gun control enthusiasts. I am curious what they, what, what do the gun control folks want? What does gun control look like? We're already doing background checks and everything else. Like I think there's a few more loopholes, gun show loophole. I'm not 100% familiar, but for those screaming gun control, gun control, what? more do you what more do you want i think that doesn't infringe second amendment rights i think at the end of the day what people would like is to be able to go to the grocery store get their groceries and not be shot and killed in the store i think at the end of the day i think what people would really like is for their kids their elementary school kids to be able to learn their abcs without getting blown having their brains blown out i think that's what we're looking for so i don't know the answer to how we control insanity, except that we start evaluating better, maybe somewhere before we give license to people to have guns, we do better checks and balances in terms of mental health. I also think that we have to re-examine why everybody needs to have a gun. I think we got to examine what, what, who pick we me, are. Pick me, pick me. Oh Lord, here we go. You gonna you gonna make me drink this whole bottle in a second? Go ahead. All I'm saying is, uh, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. To quote the great Sean Carter, um, violent crime numbers are much much lower in open carry states. That's just factual. I can't argue it because I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I challenge you to look it up. Like, I'm not again being raised in New York. I got a different. I got a different view on most people than on guns. Like, I don't get why you need an AR-15. Excuse me, an AK-47. But <laughs> in open carry states, robberies are much, much down. You think twice about running up on somebody when they might have that thing on them too. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't have an argument for that. I don't, I don't, I, I just have to take your word for it. I, I don't know. Um, that's a sad commentary. It really is. All of this is a sad commentary that two weeks in a row, we are talking about mass shootings in this country. And I know that we're only talking about two, because uh, according to some of the information I've read, there have been several in the last month or so that we've missed, that we were just not talking about. So um, Boulder, Colorado, it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, I know what we've seen so far has definitively shown the difference between how a perceived white person, because he really is white. I, I know you want to say he's not, but he's white. white. How a white person gets treated versus how a black person gets treated. And, 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 and it doesn't matter whether you as a black person are armed or unarmed. Your chances of survival are very low versus if you're white and you're doing a mass shooting. You you get an, an escort. You get gently led to the gurney or taken to was it Burger King or McDonald's? Which one was it? I can't Either remember. Either way, I think it was Burger King. Either way, he got taken out for fast. Yeah, you know, fast food. Like yeah, okay. like it's just it's just. God forbid we neglect the murderer. It's um, a thing, and 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 what 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 irks my soul, right? 
is there is still a contingent of our white brothers and sisters who think we're exaggerating, who think we're, we're going too far. We're playing the race card. It is in your face. Dylan Roof killed nine people and got fast food. Eric Garner died with nothing. It, it, we, we, it's, it, all these shooters get taken in, no incident. And all of these dead black folks, no weaponry. No one even dead. No one even dead. Talked about a brother not too long ago got killed for jaywalking. No weapon, no nothing. Killed in Cali, jaywalking. This dude killed 10 people and got taken in politely. How about the young kid, McLean, who it was a year? Um, the young kid who was walking and he had on a, it was cold outside and they thought he was, he seemed um, questionable, sketchy, and he winds up being killed by the police and injected with ketamine. The, the, right. you know, the 21, autistic, 21, and he was 21, autistic. And such a beautiful soul. Such a beautiful like honestly, it was kid. such a beautiful violin song. for kittens. Literally, right. the, the kid um, played violin for kittens and begged and ex and explained to them that he had some issues. That he 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 explained to them, I I'm different. I have. I think he said he was he's on a spectrum. You said I'm right. Right. So even when they know it doesn't matter. So and yet and still. This guy killed 10 people and he- Here, let me help you on the gurney, sir. You yeah. seem hurt. Let and you, you, we, you wonder why we hate him. Well, I'm not gonna speak for you. I'll speak for myself. And you wonder why I hate him. You wanna have such a, such, a, such a disdain for law enforcement and particularly white law enforcement. This is why, this well, is why. Well, I, I think that the, the, you have to understand you got a society that supports this. And, and we won't go too much into this because the subject of this particular podcast wasn't this. Well, we, we, can, we can't not talk about these things. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. So again, um, we're going to see what, uh, what's going to happen with this. Um, um, okay. Now, let's move on <laughs> to the issue of dealing with us and ourselves. And I'm getting ready to have a conversation about the issues that we have with these relationship experts, these love gurus, and these pastors of love. Okay, so this conversation comes on the heels of relationship expert Derek Jackson being exposed this week. And it made, it made major news. I, I didn't realize Derek Jackson was famous outside of the Black community. And that's really why I'm having this conversation because I was surprised how far his scope reached. I didn't realize that Derek Jackson was as far reaching as he is. So Derek Jackson, who has been giving advice to women for quite some time, was just exposed recently by several women Several, oh, whoa, several? Yeah. I Is any of that credible? They had receipts. Uh, my, my bad, I, I didn't realize it was, I thought it was just one. Faces, places, places and dates. No, they had, they had all kinds whoa. of pictures. Oh, yeah. Whoa, I missed that. I, oh, you I, thought we, there was only one? You thinking we're I happy. thought it was just the one that just came out. Like, whoa, whoa. See that? Ah, oh, damn. 
I did not know. I thought it was just the one. No. Because no. he yeah. talked about in a very cringy, in oh, a very cringeworthy response <laughs> video, he talked about the incident that he and the wife had dealt with before. So I thought it was just the one. <laughs> No, sir. I don't know where you you have you are you are behind the times with this this you're supposed to know all of this. But and, and let me just say it's Derek Jackson, J-A-X-N. Yeah. Spelling. So anyway, Derek Jackson was recently exposed. He's been a relationship group. Just got a, it has a new book out called what is it? Healed Together Without Hurting Each Other. Yeah, I was actually considering buying it, but I had no point to be buying well, it. Well, here's the other thing is that we have been talking to our audience for a minute about some upcoming things that we were doing in terms of relationships, right? We've been giving hints of it. So we have been vetting these guys for a minute. Okay. Cause I'm going to mention several names, the names that we have on the list for the, and let me just say this. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping shit before it happens. Right. Cause I can see it coming. The men I'm going to name tonight are all black. I am not coming for black men. I just happen to be a black woman and my frame of reference for what I'm talking about right now are white, or excuse me, are black men. I'm not coming for black men. This is an anti-black man. I lowered my co-host is a black man. You're not doing a Gail King on us. I'm not. <laughs> 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 oh that's still funny that's still funny don't you call me gail or oprah on that one i'm not, <laughs> I'm not coming. i did my frame of reference and and the men that i have been looking at at in in reference to these discussions that we're looking at happen to be black men so right. let me nip that in the bud before anybody comes back with that so we're going to talk about Derek jackson but we're also going to talk about minister john gray Minister Jamal Bryant. We're going to talk about Steve Harvey, who I, I feel <clears throat> we're going to call it talk also. And I'm only going to mention them because they're in this swell of men. So we had Steve Harvey, Kevin Samuels, and Dr. Umar Johnson. And I've been talking about Umar Johnson on and off on this show for years. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to have to, and I've let it go, but mm -hmm. it's really going to get alive. So here I go again. And all of these men have given either through preaching, through writing books, through touting themselves or calling themselves relationship specialists or image consultants. Credibility has been questionable, but they've been pretty successful, these, these men in these areas. So the failure is just unbelievable. But let's talk about Derek Jackson. So Derek Jackson, who has a new book out, who I, and let me just tell you this. I heard he's selling it now for 50% off. So you can still get it. Okay. Um, who's been telling who's been telling women things like, you know, straighten your crown. Don't forget your crown. If a man cheats on you and you defend and, and, and stay with him, that's part of your issue. You should never do that. I'm summarizing, but that, you know, if a man doesn't do X, Y, and Z for you, he's not serious women over 40 are fantastic, are the best women to date. He's been telling us everything we've wanted to hear, okay? He's been saying all the right words, 
but he's been living foul. He's been with his wife. He's 31. He's been with his wife for 12 years between dating and marriage. I think they've only been married for what? Three years? I think so, four. He's had four. Three or four years. They've only been married three or four years. And according to the information, he has cheated the entire relationship from the college to the marriage days. So he was exposed recently by several women. I, I saw two and I heard there was a third one. So, I mean, once, I mean, if you're a cheater, you, you, you generally have a history of cheating. So, I mean, it's not like generally when somebody's exposed as a cheater, there's usually not just the one person that comes out anyway. That's just historically how that runs. There's usually, you know, one comes out and then the rest are ready to come. And usually their stories are always pretty similar. And these two women, their stories are very similar about him dating them, saying he was separated from his wife. He's going to leave his wife. Then all of a sudden he ghosts them. After he sleeps with him, of course. Wait, he don't ghost him before he gets the sex now. Let's be very clear. We don't leave before the sex. These incredible failures of these men. Um, John Gray, the pastor, who was caught several times cheating on his wife. Now, he, John Gray claimed he had emotional affairs, but not sexual ones. Okay. Okay, but he got caught um, either way. There was always evidence. Um, um, and here, and here's the thing. Now, let me let me just tell you about. I've got also Pastor Jamal Bryant, who is notoriously known. He was here in Baltimore at one point, and <laughs> now he's uh, taken over for a, a previous pastor, Eddie Long. Is that Atlanta? He's at, he's in Atlanta now, right? Is it Atlanta? I, 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 ooh, that's the wrong place it had to be. But yeah, I think so. Okay, taken over for the pastor Eddie Long, who passed away, who also preached on relationships and same with you, same fidelity. He also preached against homosexuality and wound up dying of AIDS from having relationships with young boys. That's a whole other story. I'm not even bringing Eddie Long in to talk about this, but I'm just saying Jamal took over his church. Okay. And Jamal you know, had, 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 has had a history of cheating on the wife he had, Giselle Bryan, who's divorced from and continuing to have a list of relationships with women. He recently, there was some question about something that was going on with him just recently because he and his ex-wife were supposedly dating, but then he had a chick on the side. So let, let's unpack some of this. So with, with the, the, the Derek Jackson situation, Derek Jackson actually also spoke out when John Gray was exposed, he actually spoke out against John Gray. The hypocrisy is what I love. But he he did a, he not only was caught. He what? What you just said something? I didn't hear what you said. I was gonna say I don't think he had done dirt at that. I said, I don't think he had done dirt at that time. At the time, he he might not have been dirt. Sure. Maybe. Sir. Yeah. I'm getting a thing saying my internet is doing something funny. Sir, he's been with his wife since they were 19. They're 31. I just told you he's no he's been cheating on and off the whole time. That's uh, just a problem. What are you that's, yeah? What know. didn't you hear? John, I didn't know it was John Gray's situation was only a couple of years ago. Derek Jackson's oh. 
for several for what, what are they talking about? Oh, my bad. Okay. Yeah, you should have shut up. Derek Jackson. I don't like where this is going. I'm trying, yo. I'm trying, but I can't. I like Derek, but I can't. There's Why nothing I can do for the brother. See, that's and there's part of the problem. Y'all just, I mean, it's... y'all defend each other on this bullshit. Okay. Hold on, 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 hold on. To, I'm taking a hold step. on, hold on. Here is the question. Gotta get the gotta get the political fist going. Here is the question that we need to ask ourselves. I won't do it. <laughs> Here's the question we need to ask ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Derek Jackson preached a few things. He preached about like like I said, and the funny thing is, this is the last video of his I watched for all this blew up. The video that I saw is that really spoke to me because I didn't know about all of the dirt. You know what I'm saying the video I watched he right his right before this all right. He seemed because his message seemed, I just want to agree with you. He seemed legit because what he's saying made a lot of sense, some of it. So we've been watching so, we, we when we tell you we were vetting these people for some of the upcoming things we're, we're doing. We've been vetting, we had taken Kevin Samuels off the list, but Derek Jackson. Okay, go ahead. But I was saying, like, the last video his I watched before all of this hit the fan was uh, knowing when you've won. And it was a picture of his brother and his sister who uh, had a proposal. And he was breaking down how brothers have to know when they've won. When you can't be, I, I got this good woman here. She supports me all the things. I don't know, though. It might be something else better. No, you have won. When you have that woman that will stand by you, support you, does all the things, stop looking. The game's over. You have won. He also speaks a lot to women about recognizing and calling out some of these brothers on the bullshit they be on, putting them up on game of how lame some of these dudes are. So the question becomes, does that message all of a sudden become invalid? Because it's still valid. It's, very, it's still a very valid message. And I understand there's a lot of alpha males out there talking about, Oh, Derek is a simp. He the king of the simps. I'm sorry. Preaching a message of love your lady and respect your lady. That ain't a simp. That's what men do. He wasn't doing it. So there's a problem with that. Is that the the message should be grand and we should be taking the message. But here's the problem with this whole situation. Is it makes you wonder how capable are men of doing what they say they should do. And even though they know they should do certain things, are they capable? So my question is with this, so you're you're, you're basically asking, should we throw the message out with the messenger? I think when the messenger has a history of continuous behavior, you got to throw it out because it becomes manipulation at a certain point. Because here's the other thing that I had to examine when I watched. And so let me, let me, let me move a little bit forward. So the audience who has not seen this. So Derek Jackson has a video out with his wife where they're sitting together. It's cringeworthy to watch actually where he's now, let me, let me explain that. You know what? You know what? Let me see if I can pull a picture of Derek Jackson for those who have not seen him. So Derek, body language was all bad. Her body language was just all bad. It that is just, just her body, body language. Just, it wasn't the body language. He's sitting looking like a damn Adonis in this old tight fitting shirt, not unlike the one you're wearing. He's sitting there with some old tight ass shirt on, sitting, you know, looking like he's just shaved and lotioned up. <laughs> <laughs> I 
looking like she don't have on a brazier, some old sweatshirt and a bonnet and nobody better come for me because this is not a bonnet. Okay. Let's let it be known. What I have on my head tonight is not a bonnet. Okay. So she's with a bonnet on her hair, a sleep bonnet. A bonnet. So for the people who are not aware of what black women, I don't have a bonnet though. Black women, a lot of us sleep in bonnets for protection of our hair. So that's what she was wearing. For those of you who are not familiar with what black women do at night, that's what we do. Some of us, I don't, I don't have a bonnet. I feel maybe I'm some kind of way because I don't have one. But anyway, she has on a, a hair bonnet for sleeping. Looks like she doesn't have on a brassiere, no makeup on. He's sitting there all, you know, tight shirt on, muscles, you know, looking low. She was team natural, yo. She was team natural. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let's, let's see you laughing because you know, you know what. You cannot sit up in a video as serious as what they were talking about, looking like you just rolled out of bed and your husband is looking like a million. Well, he wouldn't look like a million dollars, but he was looking like a couple of hundreds. And you sitting up there talking about why you stayed with him. Because here's what I, my, what a lot of people saw. They saw a woman who is broken. They saw a woman who is unevenly yoked, who's being manipulated. Even though she was, and here was the sad thing. She is, she was talking a bunch of religious, uh, religious nonsense. Uh, I mean, and I, and I'm not, listen, I'm not, I know. You're going to get it. But talking about the blood of Jesus and Jesus saving the marriage and I knew what was going on, seeming like a sophomore in high school. I was watching her and I looked, I was like, is this a child bride? Is she, she seemed like a, like a, like a, a high school sophomore in what she was saying, like who's been brought, like one of those girls has been brought up in the church, their parents were religious, they might be even the pastor's daughter and they all religious, but they're emotionally immature. That's what I was seeing. And I'm seeing him with his slick tongue defend his bullshit, talk, and talking about himself in the third person. Is there anything more narcissistic when somebody's supposed to be taking responsibility for a wrong that they've done and they're talking about themselves in the third person? I mean, the Ross doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> And this is why you are the perfect co-host for me. You be quick. You're quick with it. But I mean, honestly, it was cringeworthy to watch because visually, it is like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. I'm thinking about her showing up on this video looking like that. And with all of that bullshit he was selling, here she goes with all this bullshit religiosity. I mean, that made no sense because at the end of the day, your husband has been cheating on you since he was your boyfriend in college. See, that's where I can't. You are, I don't care how much religion you put behind this. This is anybody watching that. This is not a couple that would work. This is not working because we, here's, here's what we need to, to talk about and what you saw and what I was thinking. Love is not enough. I don't. No, it's not. I don't question whether or not Derek Jackson has love, love for Denea. Is that her name, Denisha Denea? I think so, Denea. Denea, Denea. Denea. Yeah. Got love for him, 
but whether or not they need to be married is the question. I don't care how much Jesus you put in a situation. If the situation is wrong, it's wrong. The other issue becomes, and that was the first thing I'm, I'm seeing when I'm looking at these two. The second thing I have to wonder is if, because they're, they're both early 30s. He's like 31, she's like 31. Is if men, and I've never seen it, I've, I've, and I've known a lot of men at like at the like at the height of their success because I've known several actors and musicians at the height of their success. And and Derek Jackson is pretty much kind of at the high point, even though he just dropped down. He was prior to this situation kind of at a high point in success. He was, had all the Instagram followers. I'm sure his DMs were loaded every day. Um, you know, he's starting to make money. Books are selling. So he is the height at the height of his success. He's 31. Can a specifically a man just coming into the height of his success is he with all that gets thrown at him most <clears throat> men i don't think can handle the fame the money and the attention and be i think that's the excuse we give to musicians and actors and athletes because something about that height of success i don't know why i keep doing this but the height of success the money the fame the attention I don't, there are very few men that at that point are good partners, are good for commitment. And maybe there's something to be said about that. I think that is after they get run through, because I, I think that we need to start using the same language for men that we use for women. They get run through, because they do. It's not just a matter of men running through women. Men get run through. That they find that this is not doing it for them that they may be able to make better decisions about mates. If this woman, for whatever reasons, and I don't deny that there's love involved in this situation, but he picked this woman at 19, or he's been with her since he was 19 in college. I think there's a problem about maybe not exploring other things and maybe not, and trying to be committed. A lot of people trying to be committed that young anyway. So, there's a lot of factors here that go into this. So I think that what we are looking at with this situation, because I don't believe that this is going to be the last time you hear about Derek Jackson cheating. I do. You think this is the last time you're going to hear about it? I don't. I yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't. Because his you reasons now, all of that, I've given it to God and I've given it to Jesus. It is really has to be about I need, I'm ready to change. I've given it to God and I brought God in my marriage and I let all those things you hear people talk. And I think it's a great, listen, I'm not taking anything away from religion. I'm not taking away from spirituality and I'm not taking anything away from a person's belief in Christ. But I think that thinking that because you give your life to Christ, that that's going to save your bad habits without you dealing mm. therapeutically, not, not necessarily the because people think that the religious ministry is all you need. I think you need some therapeutic ministry that digs deep down into whatever the issue may be. And sometimes you're just not ready. I I see this man as somebody who's just not ready. He just that that talking in third person that still need for attention. This man has done two or three other videos since the video with his wife, just talking about why he cheated and giving reason and talking in third person how many videos do you need to make to say you cheated and to sell your book uh, this man ain't ready 
the reason yeah. I think, and I'm sorry, let me just say this. Yes. You got to get rid of the message with the messenger in this case. I don't think that's always the case in this case. Yes. He ain't ready. Gosh, I just, Mm-mm. that's a, that's a tough one, you know, cause I was, um, I was thinking like, you know, we talked about this a little while ago. John Lennon was my favorite artist. Imagine is my favorite song. Imagine to me is one of the most amazing songs ever written. Does it take <clears throat> away from what imagine means to know John Lennon was an abuser? I don't know. I haven't answered that yet. You know, I can easily though throw R. Kelly in his entire message in his entire catalog away without a second thought. So in that regard, it's easy, you know, because I don't think he had a message. It was just art. Very well, good art, good music, no doubt. I can easily throw R. Kelly in everything he's done away easily because there's no message there for me. It's just art. With Derek Jackson, well, one, to go back to what you said, I do believe this is the last time I hear about him cheating because even from a non-altruistic standpoint, at this juncture, it is financially costly. Like, no, we ain't just not. talking about... And that's the problem. No, it's not. It's not because it's not going to take very long for Collective to forgive him and buy that bullshit again. He can reinvent himself because that's what's happened with Jamal. I'm sorry. John Gray. They're pastors. They're ministers. They're selling books. They're selling ideas. And after a while, people still... He, they still got flocks. They still got followers. And I... Ooh. Yeah. Hold on. There's a key difference there. And I um this this is a very interesting one at that. Um it is different <clears throat> when we're talking about men of God, because the and I'm not saying this is being exercised, but I'm just looking at it from this standpoint. The built-in clause is men are flawed. So regardless of my flaws, I am still a man of God. I am still giving to you the word of God as it has been brought to me. I can be flawed. I will make mistakes. Man will make mistakes, but I am still an agent of the Lord bringing you the Lord's word. It's a little different there. I got a question for you. Why do you think Derek Jackson and his wife were bringing all that religious conjecture? into that conversation. Why do you think in the last video he keeps talking about, because what I preached and what I've been preaching, Derek Jackson is going to try to take the religious route now. That's what he's doing in his last videos. That's why you ain't never seen his wife before. Here's the other thing. You had only seen pictures of her. You've never heard her voice before. And she's bringing all these, Lord, she had quotes, she had Bible scriptures, she had everything. Why do you think that they use that? Because Derek Jackson understands a man of God flawed is going to get forgiveness from someplace. If he ain't getting it from these women in his DMs, he'll get it from the older crew that followed him that go to church as well. And they're going to be a hustle though. And I wouldn't be surprised if Derek goes into the ministry next. He's, I wouldn't be surprised. Now that way he, he may save his financial career and he's going to go that route. But is he done? I don't think so. I don't think he's done cheating. I don't think he's, because I don't think he's ready. And I'm not met. I, th- I think that what the answer would be for him is that maybe this marriage right now, he's not ready for it. That's what I saw. But believe me, the last video, because what I preached and I'm a man of God and I've given myself to Christ and walking with God and walking in alignment, that is the language. So he is presenting himself now not just as the relationship expert, but the man of God. He's doing exactly what you're talking about. So yeah, 
he's the man of God. So he's, 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 he's changing that narrative. He's, he's giving you all the religiosity, him and him and his wife. It's like, just like when John, and again, I'm, I'm bringing these things up, not because I'm pointing fingers at it just is what it is. Just like when John Gray got caught, the wife was right up in there. Well, we let the devil in our marriage and, but Jesus and the blood of Christ and all this stuff and forgiveness and all that. Okay. Because that's how you get that forgiveness. You play on those sensibilities. And that's what, and, and, and I'm not saying that everybody that goes that route is not sincere. Um, Cause listen, they both John Gray and, and here's, here's what Derek said about John Gray. He says, basically it was bullshit that women, cause you know, John Gray's wife took him back. So Derek Gray, basically he didn't use bullshit, but he says that we look that women basically should not have to go through hell to receive heaven. That's what he was talking about. Pride, but that's what he was talking about when he's talking about John Gray. And yet here we go. And now the narrative is different. Women shouldn't be have to be rehabilitation centers for broken men. But now, but now when he was asked about his comments on John Gray, oh, that was ego. Oh, I shouldn't have spoken on it. So he's backing away from his own message. So you're asking, is his message, is his message discount or is it less because of what's happened now? He's backing away from some of his own messages now in order to, to, to make this narrative work from him, for him. Uh, it's, I mean, for, for his wife, what I saw was, and again, I just, and maybe some, some might confuse it for me being naive. I just don't think we're important enough to lie to. So when his wife said, look, I was out, I was gone out the door until he got right with the Lord, that, that's, that's on brand. That makes perfect sense. If you believe that your marriage is a promise to you, not only to your spouse, but to your God, then it makes sense that you broken his promise, not just to me, but to God. So as such, I'm out. Now, when you show that you've, you can't get right with me until you've gotten right with God. So I'm presuming Derek showed that he has gotten right with God and then deny came back. No, no, that's not what that means. Because men, part of the manipulation of a lot of men, especially when they have women that are religious, is that remember, wife, woman, part of your redemption and part of your alignment with God is in your forgiving me. That's, that's, that's how women get played on in these situations. You know, we all have to show ourselves redeemed and a woman of God is going to forgive her man to stay in alignment and be Jesus-like, Christ-like. I mean, hey, it's, it's a lot the, of manipulation. I was, it's in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery. You can get divorced if adultery occurs. So yeah, she ain't had to come back. The woman long suffering, long, long suffering in line with Jesus by forgiving her man and putting 100% in her marriage. And, and here's the interesting thing about these men, the, the scope of these men that I've mentioned, the age ranges. So we're not, we don't necessarily see a change in attitude and behavior as they get older. And let me, and let me, I'm going to clarify some things too. So we got Derek in his thirties. Jamal is in his 50s. I think Umar's in his late 40s, early 50s. 
John Gray, I think is in his forties and Steve Harvey is in his sixties. And let me, let me, let me distinguish a little bit because I put all these names together and I, I want to be very clear. Um, and a Kevin Samuels is in his fifties. Kevin Samuels is another one who I've written off and I've mentioned. And, Trash. and it's the failure of these men for different reasons. So we got Derek, we got to get rid of the, his message because I can't believe anything you said in that book because you weren't living it. And maybe these ideals you couldn't apply because you didn't have the skills to apply it. And the skills that you're offering in this book, maybe they don't work. Maybe there needs to be something else added. I'm not, I'm not taking information from a person who couldn't even tell that. See, if Derek had told on himself before he was exposed or had been transparent in the book, more transparent, that would have been different. But you wait till you're exposed to now be truthful. And he first, and at first he denied it. There's that too. He lied initially. Then he decided to come. When the women started bringing receipts, pictures, text messages, then he's, oh Lord, what I do? And now his wife and Jesus came with the bonnet. So we, <laughs> so we, you know, so that's what we, that's what we're doing here. So let me talk about a Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels, again, was somebody, again, we were, vet, we're we've been vetting people for some upcoming things. I, I, I had to leave him alone because what I'm seeing here, different from Derek Jackson, I don't think Derek Jackson hates women. I think he is not in the right situation for himself right now. What I see, this is just me, and I know people are going to be coming for my throat and I don't care. I see Kevin Samuels as a man who hates women who underneath it all has some real deep-seated issues. He, he and he's had commentary against Derek Jackson too, telling, telling women that Derek Jackson can't save women over, over 40 because he wouldn't have any experience with him. There's some legitimacy to what Kevin Samuel said about Derek Jackson in that perspective. Like you, how are you selling to women over 40 that they're grand and they're great and they're the most dateable when you're supposed to be married and you 30? And you're not dating any women in that age group and you never have supposedly. Okay. But what I see from Kevin Samuels is another kind of manipulation because Kevin Samuels did a lot of what Derek Jackson did in terms of coming after men and being very specific. So he was the simp at one time. He was the simp that hardly had any YouTube followers after three years of being online. As soon as he changed that narrative, and started talking greasy to women because remember the infamous video of him telling the woman um, she's a four at best, she's average at best. When that video hit a couple of months ago, his his followers soared, most of them men, most of them black men who buy into that bullshit. And they're both problematic because they're both mm -hmm. liars and they're both dangerous mm -hmm. to relationships. Kevin mm -hmm. Samuels, I say to me, appears like a man who hates women, who especially women over 40, he hates women. And all of this, there's some deep seated. He's always talking about people need to have therapy. I think he needs to be the first in line to have therapy because the message that he, the message is like, I mean, he's telling men, so high value about, this is a man who talks about what high value is. High value for men is surrounded in what, how much money you make. So average men and an average black men, here's the sad thing. Most of his followers are black men. The average white male in the 25 to 50 range makes about $60,000. The average black man in that range makes about 45,000. So you're talking about a considerable difference in income. So automatically 
black men are the lowest on the totem pole when it comes to relationships. And he's saying that to black men, but still selling them this idea that you have control over relationships and that women over a certain age, no matter how much money you make, no matter how educated you are, you are of less value if you are a certain, of a, certain age. I, I'm not making this up. All you gotta do is listen to a couple of the videos that basically women between 27 and 35, he's actually telling women you're in the danger zone and you're getting less and less marriageable every year you get to be over 35. If you're a woman and you have children, then your, your value goes down considerably. So that message about our next generation is horrendous in itself. Because if you're a woman with children, your children are, they, they devalue you as a partner. These, and I'm not making this up. So you've got a person who's got a lot of issues and I'm not going to go into all of the things, but this, this is, this is the, one of the love gurus, the image consultant, the love gurus that everyone's listening to. He, Derek Jackson, they were the top of the line. Then you have the pastors. We already talked about John Gray and Jamal that get people every Sunday talking about marriage and fidelity and love and commitment and God and all those things, not keeping their vows. Then you have people that kind of like outliers, like Omar Johnson, who, who not so much, who, who, who injected himself kind of into this conversation about Derek Jackson recently, claiming that he had been compared to Derek Jackson. And so his argument, which I thought was a legitimate argument, I'm a psychiatrist, a psychologist, excuse me, I'm a certified psychologist and I deal with children. And his challenge was, you name me one woman who I've manipulated into having sex by using my credentials or using their children. There's not one woman or nowhere have I used my credentials or my relationship with their children, or I've never used the fact that I was helping a woman to manipulate her into having sex. So I, I don't even know if anybody even compared Umar, but he's very good at keeping his name in the line. I don't think they did. Mm -hmm. But so he was saying that, and I was like, okay, Umar, defend yourself. And of course he's got this school he's setting up for black boys and all this thing he's been working on for a long time. And I know y'all want to come after me because I've defended him several times, but you see, I do it less because I'm, I'm wondering where this school is myself. And you know, there's a whole other conversation. But then he turns the conversation into this. Because y'all know, you know, when I decide to commit to my woman, I'm going to let them know up front, I'm not going to have just one queen. I'm going to have two queens. They're going to be sister wives. Face palm. <sighs> so this is a man. And the only reason why I'm bringing it up is that he has done forums with women on relationships and how you should be treated and expectations. And here we go. He's going to have two women when he finally commits and they're gonna be sister wives. This is, this is and, and, I, and I'm speaking about black men. So obviously if I'm speaking about black men, I'm also speaking to what black women are dealing with in terms of dating and relationships and how horrifying it is. That's- well telling and, and 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 please understand there will be people that'll sign off on it and you have the right to sign off and sign up for it okay but i'm just letting you know he's letting you know up front at least he's honest at, at least unlike and he's not married so if he sleeps with anybody he's not committed to anybody so you can't what you gonna say i just think that sister wives bullshits hmm. i mean you know 
problem with y'all, problem with y'all black women is y'all don't like Kevin because he's telling y'all the truth. So y'all can't handle the truth. That's y'all problem right there. Kev be talking that talk. Y'all just can't handle it. I tell you what, show me Kevin's woman. <laughs> this is what these morons out here be saying in these streets. Show me you Kevin. You tell the truth. Y'all can't handle the truth. Show, show me Kev, Kevin Samuel's woman. Ooh, I almost said something bad. I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> we, we're all body. We're we're both biting our tongue. But no. ooh, I'm gonna let it go. Ooh, I think I better let it go. Now here's the, last one. <laughs> here's the last one on that list. Steve Harvey. Y'all no, y'all gonna be mad at me for this one. Let me tell you, <sighs> if I were going to listen to anybody on that list of men, I'd listen to Steve Harvey. And let me tell you why. Steve Harvey has been married three, four times. This is third or fourth marriage. Steve Harvey has been upfront and honest about he was a fool in his previous relationships. He was not faithful. He was not a good mate. He was gone. These are all the things that he's talked about. He wasn't ready for marriage. He wasn't financially stable. Oh, everything that you could talk about, about being wrong for marriage and wrong in a relationship, Steve Harvey has said. Some of the information that he's given in his books, Think Like a Man, I don't agree with everything, but a lot of that stuff I do agree with. And I'd much rather for a person who has made mistakes, who is of a certain age, who is honest about not being perfect, who is honest about all the things he had to learn, writing a book and giving information, because here's the rub. Steve Harvey's been married to Marjorie how long? This, this wife? For what, a decade? You name the woman that's come forth to say she's had an affair with him. Because he's, he's good for it. Because remember, people have criticized him about the book anyway. Talking about he's a fraud. You shouldn't listen to him. I'm not talking about his stance on other things. I'm I'm not weak because I know y'all want to go to Monique and y'all want to go to the, the the recent situation with the comment he made about Cheryl Underwood. I didn't agree with that either. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying that this is a man who has said, I made the mistakes. That's why I could do a book like Think Like a Man. Because I've I've done it all. I have I have failed many times. I'm telling you the truth about who I am. And here's this book from experience as a man. And he wrote that book, what, in his late fifties? I think that if, if you, if you looking for somebody to take some advice from, I think that out of all of those, I don't care whether you like Steve Harvey or not, you got to look at what the messenger has done. There is no question in the last decade about Steve Harvey and the situ- what he's been before, he may have been before. And that goes back to what you were saying about John Lennon. And we've talked about this before. John Lennon was an abuser in his 20s and maybe even his 30s. By the time he, as we know, got into that relationship with Yoko Ono, for what we know, he was a different man. He had been a different man. He had different experiences. And I think that when people have done things in the past and have admitted to it, there's a difference between somebody selling you a message and bullshitting and doing the exact opposite of their message while they're trying to tell you what to do. I think that there's a difference. 
And I think that people are going to live and have experiences. I'm not the same as I was at 20 as I am now. I'm not the same as I was two years ago. There's a lot of different things about me. So I, I get it. I think people are redeemable and I think people can change, but that's when they're ready. And I think that this pushing this narrative and pushing this book like Derek Jackson is doing and pushing all this shit in your face right now, you ain't ready, Derek Jackson. And there's nothing wrong with not being ready. Go sit down somewhere. Make Write your book off as a loss. You, he doesn't want to lose that money on that book. Well, yeah, that might happen. Because we can see, like, you just look like a fraud. I don't like what Umar said, but I have to say this. Umar Johnson is not married. He's saying what he wants up front. I think it's some bullshit, but there's some, there's going to be some women that's going to sign off on it because he said it up front, what he wants. I don't have to like it, but it's, it's, it's honest. I don't think he's the one to take advice from though. Jamal, <laughs> I, you know, uh, I, I can't, you know, Jamal. Sam, the fact that you had a private masseuse and you impregnated said private masseuse, I'm good. I'm and, all the way and, good and, on anything rumored, you got to say. And rumored teenager, but we're not going to go there. John Gray, I don't know that you're ready either. And I think it's okay to, to, to have struggles and but stop preaching to other people why you ain't you ain't got it together. Stop being, you know, trying to be the messenger when you don't fully understand the message. You can't live the message. So Derek Jackson, you got to go now. You got to go. And you got to go now. You got to go. I mean. You got to prove, and I don't think, and I don't think he will. I don't, I think this is going to be a person. He's going to be very similar to some of these other folks and you're going to go a year and we're going to be right back here again. I don't, I, don't, I like I said, I don't, I, I hope not. Listen, as I, I, I can, I can, as, as and I'll be a little transparent here as someone who used to be trash himself, when you lose something, when you finally, you know, get caught or you lose something that matters that is your quote-unquote rock bottom that is when you look in the mirror and say i'm sick of my own bullshit this is costly this is directly affecting his livelihood if what she said is true his wife left this is costly this is the all right i didn't hit my rock bottom i'm sick of my own bullshit it's time to become a better man. It's time to become, in his case, the man I've been saying I was the entire time. I don't think Derek Jackson has hit his rock bottom. I don't know that the, oh God, here I'm, I, I'm not sure that the fear of losing this wife would be enough to keep him. I, I don't know, but I'm not necessarily seeing a man that thinks he's going to lose or is worried about losing. And remember what I said to you before, one of the things that I'm very proud of about myself, and I know this comes off to some people as cold, is that I am never going to say to anyone that I'm dating that I'll never leave you. If I love you and we're committed, I don't want to leave you. I, you know, in a commitment, I want to stay. I, at this point, I'm, I'm my, the next person I'm dating, dating and become serious with, I'm dating with a mission. Like I, I'm 18 months. I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, did you just say that on the air? People yeah. wonder what this 18 months is. We ain't explaining that now, but whatever. Mm -hmm. 
says the man who claims he ain't dating again, but is always dating. But okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I'm, I, my intention is to be with someone to, and to be committed and to get that thing going, that forward movement, that all of that thing. But here's what I'm never going to tell anyone I'm dating. I'm never going to tell you I'm not going to leave you because I will leave you. I will leave you if you abuse me mentally or physically. I'll leave you if you cheat. I will leave you. Really? I don't want to leave you, but I'm letting you know up front, I will leave. Now, is there, will there be a chance of reconciling? I, I'm just going to have to be very honest. That has not wave your hand. That has not been my ministry. <laughs> I have, I'm the forgive you from a distance girl. That has been, I don't know. I can't speak to a situation, you know, I don't know about, but I, 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 I I'm just not, I have not been built like you can cheat because I've been cheated on. I've never gone back. And now one person that did cheat on me is still a friend of mine. One, we are great friends. One, he ain't the only one that cheated. He the only one I still talk to. And we just had a great friendship that was strong enough to overcome the situation. Not for us to get back together, but for us to have a great friendship that I value very much. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. And I think that women have to start being definitive in who they are and what their expectations are. And I think that with, the, with dating looking like it looks for a lot of women, it's scary and it's hard and people get tired of being alone and people don't want to fail. Like marriage, if marriage doesn't work, it looks like a failure to them where they feel like they failed. You can't think that way. No, you got to, I, I firmly believe that. You, you got to- um... Put the work in, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Well, I think some people, I think, um, and I could be wrong. You can feel free to uh, correct me on this one if you feel differently. I think the inherent issue in, in any romantic relationship as individuals, I think the problem most of us have is one or two sides. It's either you see, you know, at this age, 30s, 40s, we, we've all endured a little bit of damage. And I think at this point, what, what a lot of us battle is you either see something that looks like a peer problem and you cut and run too soon or... You say, you know what? I'm going to fight this thing out and you hold on too long. You got to figure out which one of those, which one of those is like, which one can you live with? Yeah, I've done both. I think that for me, um, what has happened is that um, ideally we've not been matching energies. So when I've cut out, but I've, it's been both times that, you know, I've held on too long when they, their energy wasn't matching. They wouldn't, where they weren't putting the effort, but I saw so much in the potential. Like I saw so much in them that I was like, mm, let me just see if this is because there's so many things here. When am I, I should have been gone. My Welcome to my life. Welcome to my life. <laughs> I've spent too much emotional currency and too much time that I'm not going to get back hoping and praying and sending messages and holding and doing all kinds of stuff and cheering up and supporting and all that stuff when I should have been gone. I should have been gone a while ago. Or there were just too many things that just seemed toxic. And I, here's the one thing you can't say to me, and I'm not, we're not going to make this too personal, but 
when somebody says to me, that's just how I am. Okay. (laughs) Right. There's really not much to say that's to, that's just how I am when they put a period on it. Dion Cole voice. Welp. <laughs> when you say that, I'm like, okay. Exit stage, right, left. I'm I'm just like, because I'm not gonna, here's what I'm not gonna do. And I've this is something I've decided with family, with friends, with people. I, I'm I'm not gonna rumble with you to try to help you or to love you. I'm not fighting no. you. I'm not, I'm not getting into knockdown drag outs. You got so much time and energy that I'm going to give that. But if ultimately my love and support and what I want to give to you, you don't want, I I'm okay with that. If you feel like you need something else or you need to do something else, or you don't value what I'm bringing, I'm out. I'm out. And I, Mm -hmm. that's, that's in relationships with people across the board. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tumbling. And we're not rumbling over stuff. So anyway, we're getting too personal. Let me take a sip and move on. So there's that. Uh, so in summary, Derek Jackson, he ain't ready. I'm just curious. What, what, I guess this is a weird thing. I'm almost finished. How, how, do, how do these dudes even rise to prominence? And where are the women voices that, where's the women counterpart here? Like who better... I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. It's in it, it, this very forward thinking space that we're in, in the space of we are witnessing black woman magic live in front of our eyes. We still got dudes being the mouthpiece. We still got trash like Kevin Samuels being the mouthpiece. Well, I think that what happens is that most women can concede that they don't know everything about men and what men need. But I think that prob- the problem with these conversations <laughs> is that we're making, we're allowing men to make too many decisions for us. Ding, and we're not ding. coming together to the table to say, to balance this out, we got to do this. And you got to deal with, you, you got to start, and we're going to go too deep. I don't want to go too deep, but there's a lot of unpacking. The causations aren't being, being dealt with. People are handing out these, these strange answers to they're they're covering up what they're doing is they're covering wounds they're putting band-aids on these deep gashes these deep these areas of deep issues and deep concern by talking about you know if you just make a hundred thousand dollars you are a man of value and you get control and all this old bullshit and if you're pretty and you're 27 you're right from that you know this, this old bullshit so you know what a millennial gets and what they've gotten and what grown-ass women get and why grown-ass women in our community in their 40s and 50s are still single before you devalue them you need to talk about why they are single and black men should be a and i'm gonna say it some black men you should be ashamed that so many of your sisters are out here on their own you should instead of you looking like taking kevin Samuel's view and discounting those women and pointing to them as being problematic, you should be ashamed because as a man, as a warrior of the community, of this, of the collective, your job is to protect and provide and be there. We all have a role to play. 
and and neither one of us is playing it well but for you to think that your value lies by listening to this clown telling you that a hundred thousand dollars makes you high value and gives you uh, a carte blanche to be an asshole and that you can just pick and choose like you're getting some value by being a 50 freaking year old man and marrying a 23 year old like that's a va- that's something you should aim for you put that's not even keeping in mind your ass if you're at the same age with the woman you're probably going to die before she is so you're picking a 23 year old that you know is with you because of money because you're providing only that's the only reason why they're generally with you that's the kind of valuation you want to have on your life that's the kind of way you want to be valued I, I, anyway I, 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 i'm getting ready like i said i'm we getting ready to go too far we're not, we 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 we're not going there let's hit this one last thing because people have asked me Oh, we got two things real quick. Um, let me hit this one thing. Happy birthday, Aretha Franklin. The queen of soul. Today's her birthday while we're recording this. Um, yeah, yeah. As you all know, um, you didn't see it, but Genius Aretha, which is Aretha Franklin's story that was done. Um, it was uh, on the National Geographic channel, which is odd to me. I didn't really realize National Geographic's even did movies like this, but they just finished the Fortnite episode of uh, Genius Aretha, which is the Aretha Franklin story starring Cynthia Erivo. People are asking me to do a review of it. I'm not going to do a full review. Here's what I'm going to say. Watching that, I learned a lot about Aretha's life that I didn't know. I didn't know. I had, I had heard, heard inklings. I had never read her story, but she was pregnant at 12 and at 14, her first two children. I, I thought it was interesting, all the information that they gave, but I, I felt the story was lacking just in depth of, I, I don't understand, I could not understand how a preacher's kid is pregnant at 12 and 14. And it was like, she had just failed the test. It was kind of treated like, oh, she's pregnant again. Oh, she shouldn't have got pregnant, but she's pregnant again. Like wh- who, who impregnated, like there's no discovery of who impregnated her when she got pregnant the first time, the second time, it's just like, oh, you're pregnant again? Why don't you tell me? I mean, I, I just, this is her father talking about why didn't you tell me? We got to see what happened to her mom. Um, her mom had to leave the marriage with the father who was uh, a, pre- a pastor who couldn't keep it in his pants. C.L. Franklin was notorious. I mean, they, they did tell the story well. Kudos to Courtney B. Vance. He did an awesome job. Um, people are asking me what I thought of the casting for Aretha. Um, um, well, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, that we know that that was not Aretha's choice to play her. Um, Cynthia Erivo was not Aretha's choice that Jennifer Hudson and her movie is coming out soon was the choice. So, um, I, I, I thought it was interesting casting. Uh, I'll just say that. Um, I thought it was played, I thought Aretha was played very, um, a little flat, I, I have to say, and I, I can't say that that necessarily has to do with the actress or the directing. I don't know. She was played very flat, almost um, at some places a bit stoic. And I know she had those elements. I just thought it there was an extreme stoicness to her that seemed odd for me. Um, the happiest moments for me for the film were when you got to see the real Aretha and you got to hear Aretha's real voice. I I think that what this film just let you know is that Aretha 
the voice is an anointing. You cannot, you, you can't, there's just, the, the Aretha Franklin's voice is just, it, it, it is and was and will always be a national treasure. And I, I could see in that film how difficult doing a piece like this was. The family didn't support it. I don't know what to say about that. Is it worth watching? I think that it, it gives you a, a greater insight into her story. It did a great job of that. It covered a lot of ground. I, I didn't like the way it went back and forth though. Like one minute you're in 1967, then you're back in 1953. The next minute you're 1955 and then you're in the seventies. It just went back and forth a little bit much for me. It was, that was a little bit harsh, hard for me to kind of keep going back and forth. Cause I'm like, is she nine or is she 12? Did she have the baby or it was the first baby or the third, where the third, where does third boy come from? So it was a lot of back and forth. And, and so just with that overall, you haven't seen it, right? Nah, I know it's out. Um, where am I looking? Because I'm point. I'm always pointing the wrong direction for you. <laughs> I would say it's worth. I, I say it's worth seeing. It's eight hours, four nights. It's worth seeing. It does give you a lot of information. Um, okay. I, I do want to. It does make me really appreciate even more the gift that was and is Aretha Franklin, and I'm looking forward to seeing Jennifer Hudson's interpretation of Aretha. There's my answer. So you asked, I answered. That's my my whole genius Aretha thing. Um, one last thing, and we're going to get out of here because we're trying to keep these shorter. People have asked me what I thought about Little Mama, the rapper who recently caught a lot of controversy because she said she was going to start a pro-heterosexual movement. Here's my thing with that, and I'll, I'll wrap this up really quickly. Um, I think that certain people are easy targets. And I think that <laughs> because she's done some silly things in the past that when you see the clip that began the conversation about trans she made a statement basically she was doing an interview with Riza Islam who is a who is part of the nation of Islam and who is a who is a he's social activist and he he's a, he's a commentator for better or for worse even though it's mostly online he's a commentator and he's he's pretty much well-respected. He's got a large following. They were having a conversation about what they thought about children being able to transition. And they're not, for, let, to sum it up, they're not for it. They talked about the reasons why. Um, they talked about the fact that, you know, you can't get a license at a certain age. You can't drink at a certain age. Why should you be put on hormone blockers and be allowed to have surgery that'll change your life forever? I agree with that. I agree that children should not be fully, should not be really transitioning. I think that there's a ways therapeutically to deal with a child who is unhappy with having the body dysmorphic issues because a lot of that is what it is. If you know what the suicide rates are for people that transition versus those that don't, the suicide rates are the same. So it doesn't lessen the angst of whatever is happening with those people. And I think with children, if we all remember ourselves as kids, we want it to be A, B, and C, and as grown as people, that changes. I think when you're talking about permanent changes to the body that don't just affect you physically, but mentally, I, I'm not for it. And that's basically what she said. She caught hell for it. Now, here's what's interesting. She caught hell because she reposted on her, her Twitter or her... Um, Instagram feed, the comment that Riza made, nobody said anything to Riza, Islam, they came after her. So because of all the backfire and all the um, backlash she got, she made a statement that she was going to start a movement 
she called it anti-LGBTQ bullying, but really what she meant is anti-hetero bullying, meaning she was trying to stop the bully against the heterosexual community when they speak out. I think that, you know, most people, you know, I think that that's an extreme. I don't think you need a but I'm not mad at her for saying that because I understand the frustration. Anytime you disagree on any level with anyone in the LGBTQ community, you phobic, you a bully, you mean, you hating and all that shit. That is not true. I've said this a number of times. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere somebody picked some shit I said a while ago and talk about I'm phobic, I'm all this. Meanwhile, I got trans friends, I got LGBTQ, I got a family members closer than you think that are LGBTQ. And I've said this before, a lot of the men in my past who have hit on me have identified themselves as queer and even gay. So you answer that. I just, That's all I got to say about it. I ain't mad at her. I mean, I just, this, is, this is like the Whopper and a Big Mac combined. Nobody asked for that. Like, who asked you? Nobody asked us for what we just said. Nobody I'm asked just, us for anything. I'm just... Said. I'm the, no, I'm thinking that did ask like, people that ain't wrote in to ask me what I thought about these things. No, not you. I'm talking about little mama. Like, who asked her to? Like, why does someone have to ask her for her to have an opinion? She had a conversation with a person who does commentary on every social issue. Why is it such a problem that she talked about this? Damn, the the you sound just this, like the LGBTQ bully she's talking about. Why does not she- at all? I was, I mean, my thing is that listen, and if somebody won't be mad at me, I have at it. My rule of life is very simple. Look, upon meeting anybody, what are your pronouns? Good, bye, we're done here. Like it's, it's not even just, what she's I, talking about. She I'm aware, but I'm saying like we I'm need this hetero movement, and I'm like, I think the hetero. Oh, I keep making noise. I'm sorry, I keep dropping stuff while I'm. T- I'm sorry, y'all. This is not about, this is about what children do. She never said that full grown ass adults shouldn't have the right to do certain things, but we're what? talking the, about the manipulation of children's bodies and what the long-term effects are. Why shouldn't she have an opinion on that? Why can't she verbalize? That's the problem. She verbalized an opinion that she has a right to have. Then other people in that community tried to shut her down. And she's like, I'm tired of every time I say something, I'm getting shut down. So her response, again, I don't think it's needed either, but I understand the sentiment behind it. So if you can you're 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 focused on the her response but you're not focused on the reason why she went there i literally right to tell her she doesn't have a right to an opinion you can have an opinion oh god it just i'm looking the wrong way for the camera but i'm just it's just to me personally it's just exhausting and maybe i'm a little oblivious to it it's just exhausting exhausted by the fact that she had an opinion and then they came after they came after her for a she retweeted something somebody else said but they don't have see here's the thing that community doesn't want to take rizza on they don't want to take rizza islam on they're not gonna because they know they can't take him on so they went for the easy target we're talking a bit of patriarchy a bit of of uh, misogyny in that let's be real clear because i don't even want to open that can of worms the easy target because if you got so much to say why didn't you have it to say to rizza rizza islam why 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 you just going after little mama she went the next step in saying i'm going to start a movement because i'm tired of this 
But I, I mean, so you're mad at that's your focus versus all of the issues about cancel culture and people can't say certain things. Well, cancel culture doesn't really exist. We all know that. Like it it's it's a it's a big who's been who name me one person that's really been canceled. <laughs> exactly. If you gotta take that long, if you got your president Trump. Who's about, to get his own, so, who's about to open his own social network? They tried, so, they tried with Cube. They tried, but Cube right. is wrong. I mean, it, you know, there's an attempt for that for people who don't deserve it. I mean, not saying Trump doesn't deserve it. I'm not, I'm not defending. But I mean, there is, there, there's this cancel <sighs> thing about, and people do get fired from jobs. People do lose out. And sometimes rightfully so for just being- I'm about to say, most of the time that happens, it's, suppo- it's supposed I to happen. Rightfully so. But I just think this idea that you cannot, that if you disagree in any way with something the LGBTQ community pushes, then you got to be a phobic. You got to be fighting- <laughs> 10,000. What if you're uh, indifferent though? In harm, then be indifferent, but she's not. And I don't have to be indifferent about anything. Just like I don't have to be, I, I, I'm not, Derek Jackson ain't my man, but I have an opinion about what he was doing. John Gray ain't my man. I don't have any relationship with all any of the men that we talked about, but we're talking about relationships in general. And she okay. was talking about her feeling well, about children transitioning. This is, this is. This is just starting to feel like, and, and play with me on this one because it might not make sense initially, but oh, this is just starting to feel like the mask debate in the sense of you got all these folks over here. I ain't wearing no mask. I'm making all this noise. You're defending my rights. And you got folks on the opposite side so doing the exact same thing just in a different way. I can't believe you don't wear a mask and this and that. How that extrapolates to this conversation is you have members of the LGBTQ community upset about this, this, that, and the third. Okay, cool, whatever. And then you got folks on this end of it, on the hetero side of it, pushing back. Well, I'm mad as soon as I say, listen, listen, listen. I, I, maybe this is just me being a little blase and because of where I am in my life. Like and, That's what this is about. No, I don't, I don't, I got no, I got no issue with little mama outside of the fact she made a complete ass of herself jumping on that stage. In the past. And that's what people make this decision about. She doesn't show up on my radar. My thought process is it just seems like it's a lot of people. She doesn't show up on mine, go, really, except for the antics that she's done. I mean, I'm, I can't name a song she's done. I don't know nothing about her music, but I know that people have the right to speak. And I me- agree, but it just seems like folks go out their way lately to just conversation could be going here, and I'm going to take a detour just to make sure I ding this whole LGBTQ you, conversation sorry, going away. I'm sorry, did you watch the video? Yeah, the one she did was, and, and did, I had some problems with that video. Did you? Because the language used was problematic because he kept talking about how, you know, people choose, when people choose to be gay, and just, when did but that, become, did the implication that. that this was, she did, she did. She, she did. She, well, she was talking about, even with that, she's not coming for grown folks. Basically, at the end of the day, the conversation was about whether you think it's okay for children to transition. I'm going to tell you, no, I don't think it's okay for children to transition in a way that permanently affects their bodies. No. Hormone blockers, surgery, no. I don't care if you don't like it and don't bring me up that um, and um, Wade's do- uh, child. I don't, I'm not talking about Zaya. that. I'm not even going to go there. 
I'm talking about in general. I won't even talk specifically about anyone. I don't think that that's that's safe to do. I don't think it makes sense if they if you can't. This is a life. This there's a decision that you can't undo because what you're talking about is people being sterilized. The quickest way to crazy is messing with somebody's hormones. I don't know if you've ever dealt with someone who's had hormone imbalance, the mental issues that that can cause, the physiological issues. No, from a medical standpoint, I don't agree with that. What is wrong with somebody saying, we're not talking about whether you should be gay or straight. Nobody's judging that. Nobody's talking about that. We're talking about whether you should be transitioning kids. It's a simple thing. And just like the mask debate, some people want to wear a mask, some people don't. I don't wear it, don't wear it. Go and shop in the business where you can, don't shop in there. I don't care about that. People have, a, just like this, people have a right to their opinion. I, I just don't understand I think I, I'm agreeing with you that I think taking it to the point where she said we need a movement, but I understand the frustration of every time you say something that is that you don't agree with within the LGBT community, you've got to be called phobic. You got to be fighting in your DMs or on your line, and especially somebody like her who's gonna get the attention, and people want to come after her because they don't like her anyway. You're just I mean, bully. You say shit like I'm the trans little bow wow. The easy kill or easy shot to take and to shoot at her. I'm thinking, and Lord, let me take it. Lord, you even figurative language. Let me take that. Don't I'm not. Don't shoot and no, Lord. I'm just saying to to be mean and to say nasty things to her. People think she's an easy. Whereas they were not going after Riza like they went after her because they know that's an ass whooping, the verbal ass whooping they don't want to take. So that's what I'm saying. Whether I agree with her movement or not, no, I don't agree with we need a movement. But sometimes I, I, I get why people are like, damn, we need straight pride. Because every time I say something, I feel like, I, I listen, listen, I don't, I'm-, I'm Live and let live, B. Like, I'm just living let We're not, live. you know what? We're, we're talking about grown folks versus children. You can't, yeah, it, that is like, that's the equivalent of somebody saying, well, if the child wanted to have sex with the adult, let's, let's, let's. to me, it's, it's always, it's getting into that muddy area about children making decisions. Well, your son wants, your son, your, your 15 year old wants to have sex with a 35 year old and they feel like they're ready and they understand enough sex. Let's let them have that. So if somebody said that, you'd be like, oh my God, what are you talking about? But there are people that are pushing for that now to make that okay. So that's like the two-year-old telling you, well, I, I don't like vegetables because I feel like I don't, you know, I shouldn't have to eat them because I think I can live just on proteins and, and that's all I need. I don't need, and you going, well, you know, son, if you don't agree with eating vegetables and you just want to eat candy and pork, then that's okay. You just eat candy. And, but that, I mean, that makes no sense. Like how far do you go to allow, that's like th this thing with kids getting the vaccines. Now, if the parent doesn't agree with the child getting the vaccine and child wants the vaccine, somebody wants to make it okay for your kid to be vaccinated without your permission. Now, if they get sick, your ass is responsible for them as a parent, but there's legislation that wants to push for kids to have vaccine without parents' permission. So that's okay too, right? So where do we, where does this stop? I, you, okay, so on the surface, I understand it. Um, I get like, I personally don't believe you should be able to make life altering decisions such as that or any, a lot of things before the age of 18. Like, look, if you want to- That's all she was saying. Live, 
That's all she well, said. It's, it's, it's sure That's the hell, one, it's sure the hell well was packaged horribly. And then two, the thing I come back to is, is this a thing? Like, is this, is there something that oh makes Oh my God, are you kidding me? Is it a thing? The father that almost got put in jail because his daughter wanted to transition and he refused to say he, they almost put him in jail. There's a whole story on that because he didn't agree with his daughter transitioning, getting her breasts removed and getting hormones. And he still wanted to say she, he was threatened with jail because it was verbal violence for him to refer to her as she, when she decided she was a, a boy and wanted to have her breath. And he was like, I don't want to make these decisions for her because if at, at 21, she decides, oh my God, where I don't have breasts, I can't have children. As the father, he feels like he failed if he didn't fight for her. But a judge is telling him, well, if you don't refer to her, your, your daughter as a he, you're going to jail. Are you kidding me? Does this exist? Totally insane. I'm not. I'm not saying does it exist. I'm saying is this a, enough of this out there? Because I get how extreme this is. That is a totally extreme case. Totally extreme. Here's my here's my question, and this is what I say to you lovingly, because you the co-host, and to anybody else who came out guns blazing. Oh, I, I got to stop using. You know what? I I want to remove certain things out of my vocabulary just because I don't want to speak that. So words vindictive nasty words for little how are you asking me is this a thing but then talking about she shouldn't have said it how would you why are you making a statement about this isn't important if you don't even know the scope of what and i and i say this respectfully but i say that to everybody how are you so sure that she's off if you've not done the research see i'm somebody who has i know about paul McHugh um at johns hopkins in the 40-year study i know about dr money and how that changed a lot of you have no idea of what has gone on in this in this community i know about what neely fuller was talking about 30 40 years ago and, and what dr francis Cresswellsing was warning us of about the LGBT community and the power of politics versus medical science. So how is it that all these people have an opinion about what you can and cannot say, even people in the LGBTQ community who've done no research? Well, I think that's a slip of person. I think that's a slippery slope. What are we researching here? Because it seems like we are trying to say. Okay. okay. You know what? This is the first time we're doing this, and I'm totally frustrated. But I'm looking at the time. Okay. Oh okay. Okay. We're. You know what? Let's let's cap it because you know we've, okay. we've we've been on here a while, and we're gonna, right. we're gonna continue this conversation. Okay. Okay. That's cool. And I, you know, I read Lord, I, my bottle ran. <laughs> so on that note. We're gonna we're gonna so we're gonna continue the conversation. Then let's do it. Let's continue. The okay. Okay. That's and, what's up. And wind up being canceled by cancel culture. Lord. For opening up some words. But yeah, let's 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 commit to continuing this conversation in a future podcast. Let's do that. So with that, if no one told you, no matter what community you're in, that they love you, we want to tell you we love you and you we want the best for you. And Lord, I don't even know how to wrap this up. I'm so wound up. And <laughs> we hope that you come. No, we come come on back next time. Come come on back to the next episode. Um, okay, Ross, say bye. Say you're over there. Say bye to the people. Peace. All righty. <laughs>